Hey everyone! Welcome back to Journey to the West. I'm your host, Jay, and I'm here with your other host, Sen. Hi, everyone. It's Sen. And it's been a while. Uh, how have you guys been? Because we have not been around for a few months now. So this is all uh, rusty for us right now. Um, I know for me, I had a lot of personal issues pop up, um, one after the other, some of them health related, uh, and it was just really difficult for me to be focused on anything to do with the pod. Um, I know, Sen, that you've been a lot busier lately. Uh, yeah, so I, well, I work like six days a week for like... 10 to 12 hours a day so I don't really have time to be online even because usually when I get home I eat and then I try to go on a computer or on a phone but then I just go to sleep like yeah this is basically the one time that we've had our schedules line up where it's like convenient enough for us to meet because like the distance really makes it difficult now Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, now that I'm working, like, normal hours, quote-unquote, it's, like, a lot more difficult to meet or, like, even schedule anything because, like, I don't know. It's, like, almost 10 for me at night now-ish, and I'm really tired, but, yeah. and uh. I work nights, but I'm getting up at 7 a.m. for you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh-huh. yeah. I mean, we felt like out of all of the projects that we were involved in, that Journey to the West was the most important one to us, since it was really like the first thing that, that got us into activism and uh political things and so we just really wanted to touch base especially with a lot of the new stuff that's been going on lately um so we're gonna try to run through current events we might miss things just because we're we're not as plugged in as we normally are and because this is like the one pod we're doing for the month um we obviously can't fit everything in that pops up um to be honest a lot of these things we've heard of peripherally, like, you know, I just hear somebody else ranting about it, and that's how I figure, okay, this is probably a good topic to talk about. So I think we're going to start with, let's say, the, the most recent thing. More of an entertainment topic. Let's just, like, wade into it today. Uh, SNL recently hired three new cast members. If any of you aren't familiar with what SNL is, uh, Saturday Night Live, it's a live comedy, sketch comedy show that airs in the States. Um, for the longest time, they've, they've never actually had an Asian cast member, but uh, now one of them will be. His name is Bowen Yang. Uh, 
unfortunately, another person that they're hiring in the same crop is Shane Gillis. Uh, Bowen Yang is a gay Asian man, and Shane Gillis is known for his racism and homophobia in his stand-up routines. And not just stand-up, but um, there was also a very revealing podcast he did in which he just went off into this ridiculous tangential rant about how much he hates uh, Asian people and what the fuck? It was something like oh, was these fucking chinks. They're they're fucking up your country and, and things like that. Hmm. Uh, I don't have the exact words on me right now, but it was it was very strange, and it didn't even sound like comedy. Like it it literally sounded like he fell into a rant for no reason, and then just decided to leave that in the recording. Uh, so. <laughs> Things that we've mentioned before in our podcast, comedy, it only works if people know that it's comedy, firstly. Uh, so things like satire, which I think is what he claimed this was. Oh my god, uh, I was about to say, is he gonna say, yeah. oh, satire, guys, I'm just making, <laughs> like, fun of the racist people, and it's like, I, oh my god. You're not doing a very good job, because you just sound like one of the racist people. That's like, that's not satire. Oh my god. Oh, but I just wanted to interject. Just do they really think that, hey, we're gonna get the Shane Gillis guy and he's kind of like racist and homophobic. So we'll just get this gay Asian guy because we'll bounce it out of some shit. You know what? That's what <laughs> oh I'm thinking. God. Because like a lot of people want to believe, okay, there's this big push for finally having an Asian cast member. Maybe we're going to placate the Asian community and or not do yellow face sketches anymore if we get an Asian guy on board. I think their original goal was really, oh, we like this uh, problematic white guy, so let's balance him out with an Asian dude. Because <laughs> diversity, guys. <laughs> we fuck? need all the diversity, including the racists, because what the- <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. But he isn't just an anti-Asian racist. He's, like, broadly racist. I'm pretty sure he's said terrible things about Muslim people. Uh, so, um, Islamophobia so going on. So he just on. hates everybody, I guess. Homophobic, like, gay, anti-gay jokes and shit. So- Man, is this guy's comedy from fucking, like, 2008? I mean, that's kind of late, but... <laughs> Jesus Christ, that, what the fuck? That rhymes. Uh, but he did in his sorry, not sorry, kind of public apology, say that, uh, oh, I've been doing comedy for over 10 years, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Some things are not going to be as great. I'm sorry that you were offended, if you were offended, Uh, but... Why do do they keep making these shitty apologies? Like, just don't apologize. Just be racist, for fuck's sake. I'd rather have somebody who is... Very honestly racist than somebody who's like, oh, that wasn't what's going on. But, you know, if you feel that way. <laughs> oh, it's just like those gaslighting apologies that you see on, um, like, you see time and time again. Oh, my God. So, yeah, that's the I mean, most... I've, well, okay. I haven't followed this because this is very, I guess, American-centric sort of news. Oh, yeah, yeah. but wasn't this... um. I kept seeing on, like, 
Twitter timeline whenever I actually went on. I think was it Andrew Yang? Oh yeah, Just so, backing the guy up. So like, like what the there fuck? were a lot of public callouts in response to finding out that this guy's a racist. As you do, as you should. Um, a lot of high-profile people, so celebrities like uh, Louis Tan, uh, even Simu Liu, who, you know, I'm surprised, but, you know, maybe he's turning over a new leaf and actually giving a shit. That would be great. Oh, maybe uh, they, this is kind of like the bare minimum. Like, if they can't fucking call this shit out, like, we're bloody doomed. Would, but, um, which is uh, why the, the whole Andrew Yang thing was a little disappointing. I don't know if you got to see what his actual response was. I mean, I saw, like, people, like, going, this is everything that's wrong with Asian America. It's, like, basically model minority bullshit, right? Um, I didn't really see the whole thing. I just saw, like, bits and pieces of people so, kind of extracting. Um, my understanding is that he could have stopped at the first tweet, which was, like, no, an apology. I think he said something to the effect of like an apology isn't quite enough. Uh, but he went further and was like, let's sit down and chat. Oh my god. And then it, and then serious? he went even further and was like, for the record, I don't believe that he should lose his job over this. Oh, um, that's not how it works. You do shit, <laughs> you get shit. That's how the world works. That's how consequences work. That's how the law of physics work. Because <laughs> the thing is, you can't really... The unfortunate thing, or the fortunate thing, about there being consequences to somebody's actions, you can't really choose the severity of the consequence, you know? It's like you, you either... Either... You know, you do something terrible and you are punished for it, or rather you, you reap what you sow, or you don't. And so the effect of him, you know, he might have just thought, if I say this, then it's going to soften the blow. But it really just kind of removes it completely. Because at that point, there's no incentive, right? Basically, the, you can be as racist as you want, as long as you give a fake apology on the internet. and. Asian America will forgive you. Like that's not really the message that I want to be put out there. Um, and like, like I understand, he's a he's a presidential candidate. He has to have a certain face. But it's like he could have just shut the fuck up. Like that would have helped, right? He could have not said that part. <laughs> you know. You know, he sounds like a school teacher who gets this, like, bully to apologize to you, and he's like, come on, say sorry. He's like, sorry then, and then you just have to accept it or some shit like that. And you obviously know that that motherfucker's gonna come at you and, like, kick you in the face again, like, in the next week. Yeah, <sighs> yeah. It just yeah. sounds so stupid. Like, Especially because he occupies a position of authority, in a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, if you have influence, then you kind of have a responsibility to use it in an effective way. <laughs> like, that is basically what a leader would do. And so, it's very disappointing. Or he just shut the fuck up. Like, he doesn't have to comment on this. He doesn't have to do anything. He just ignore it. And it would have 
helped a lot more. It just made it worse. Yes. Do no harm, basically. Like, if you don't have something good to say, don't say it at all. Um, yeah, if, like, you want to kiss ass to your white voters, go ahead. You don't need to, like, kiss ass to a fucking racist motherfucker because you just literally, um, what is it, displace you know, your Asian voter base. I mean, if we're just talking about optics here, mm. you know, which is probably what he's really about for him. He doesn't give a shit, most likely. And, and like, the people who were also calling out, they, they weren't just Asian. I mean, obviously, the focus on the Asian stuff is probably mostly Asian people calling out. But uh, I did see Roxanne Gay, who is a black writer call this shit out very matter-of-factly like you know what if you say chink that's not comedy that's racism if you use racial slurs in your comedy that's racism and Mm basically basically everybody who was calling this out was taking a lot of heat from uh shane gillis's fans who are uh for the most part a bunch of neckbeards like i i I would imagine that they're the anime avatar or chant oh no but unfortunately, like his fan base also spans the political continuum. So like he has bipartisan support slash forgiveness for the shit that he did and said. So that's unfortunate. Um, we can't just brush it off on like, oh, he's an alt writer because there there are liberal people backing him up too. So this is just a case of excusing racism, plain and simple. Uh, so the one troubling thing that at least as of recording this podcast, the Asian new hire who's going to be working alongside this man uh, has not said anything. Bowen Yang would really help if he decided to make any kind of statement. He's in a position to really make a difference as to whether Shane Gillis remains on the show or not, because what he says can make an impact. And um, I don't know if he's waiting to do so or if he's afraid of losing this gig because it's an important and high profile one. But like, if you don't say anything, you're going to end up working with this motherfucker. (laughs) He's going to do racist and homophobic shit in your presence, maybe even to you and laugh it off as a joke. And like, this is going to be your work environment. So uh, I doubt Bowen Yang is listening to this podcast, but if you are, please say something because you could make or break your working environment, the future of the season, you know, please consider it. Uh, I think that's all we can probably say about this topic for now, but we're going to wind it back to something that, uh, happened earlier that we'd like to mention that's also entertainment related so it's kind of grouped in this block uh remember crazy rich asians and all of the the controversy around it not necessarily being a great project to back um i know we already recorded a review of it which is separate from our critiques of it uh which we didn't end up using that was just a pure our impression at the theater kind of deal. But at least on Twitter, uh, both of us were very skeptical about it and very vocally so. 
for the many months leading up to uh, its release. And um, news came out recently that Adele Lim, who is one of the screenwriters and the only Asian screenwriter, uh, has to deal with a really huge pay disparity working on the film. Um, so initially, the only screenwriter who was to work on the film was this white dude named Peter Chiarelli. Uh, I remember last year noting that I was super skeptical of it because he once uh, passed himself off as a woman in order to get a screenplay for a rom-com approved. And so this guy's, his shtick is rom-coms. And so that's why he was brought onto this project. But he was apparently paid like um, around a million dollars. And she, who was brought in specifically to make sure that the content made sense for a movie about Asian people, made around a hundred thousand. Um, I wouldn't say that her work is less valuable, but that's kind of the insinuation. Like, if you're not going to pay her the same amount, then what the fuck? It's like she's an afterthought to this project. Well, she gave a really apt like analogy. She said that Asians or the the act of diversity for a lot of these like corporate entities is like soy sauce, you know? Mm, seasoning. Just the topping. Season- yes. <laughs> seasoning on that bland white bread. Yeah. Uh, because they form the meat and we're just, you know, the dressing is what she said, which I thought was like a really good analogy. Yeah, for life in general, because it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's not about quality or equal representation. It's just about the appearance of diversity, which makes me really sad. But, you know, uh, we didn't expect this film to be know necessarily a win for diversity but which is why we left those disclaimers in our review like uh, it can be an enjoyable film but let's not pretend that uh racism in hollywood is over just because it got made and made a lot of money because but oh my god fucking twitter asian twitter was like look everything's gonna change the revolution has started it's a movement guys and now it's like blown up in people's faces and now everybody is so disappointed that hey look some shit's happened. It's the same. It's the same. It's always it's, been. You it's know? not changed. Ah, oh, <laughs> I'm like you, like you idiots. Like you really thought that this was or 2018 was that year. 2019 is going to be different. Like no, you think a movie's going to change shit? You think that just because like the on-screen talent is Asian is like you have to look at the back end as well. You know, because like yeah. there's always a disparity on either side. Like you can have like Asians like working behind the camera, but like sometimes the on-screen talent is like you know all white or something, or the reverse in this case. You know, this was something also that would have been a hidden disparity if Adelim hadn't come out and said it. You know, because we w- mm-hmm. we would never have known that she was being paid so ridiculously low compared to the other person she was working with. Um. 
I did see on Twitter like some arguments from like you know, uh, you know the white people I guess saying that because um, Chiarelli had seniority and more experience than she did, and some someone rebutted go oh well she has been writing for a long time she's like yeah but she's not she hasn't been writing like these you know big blockbusters and you're like uh, okay so like. You think that this movie would be what it is without her? Like, let's be real. It'd just be some weird, like, orientalist, you know, fantasy. Because, like, white guy doesn't understand what being an Asian American is, essentially. So... You know what's actually disappointing? Because you expect this shit from... You know, white people who have never had to deal with racism in their entire fucking lives. Uh, but John Chu, the the director who hired Adele Lim to work on this project, basically took the same stance. So he was like, oh, I, I support her in doing this. However, uh, let's consider that experience has something to do with that beta disparity. Mm-hmm. But like, no, what, what kind of cop out? Because like... Why even say that you have her back when you're really not gonna, right? If you're not, it's just basically just spat on her. Really, let's be real. Because what matters is her being paid properly, and he apparently will make excuses Doesn't, for that instead. Well, like that's what he's essentially saying is that, well, that pay has everything to do with this quote unquote experience, right? Mm. And she isn't as experienced or, let's just say, qualified, you know? No, she doesn't have the right to demand more pay. I mean, that's the like a really crass way of putting it, but that's what he's essentially saying. He might be like, no, 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 I didn't mean it that way. It's like, of course that's what you mean. You know, you don't f- believe that she's as valuable as the other guy, you know? But she brings a lot more than experience this is this isn't just like an objective thing and i think a lot of people are looking at it like this is just like any other fucking rom-com right and it's not i mean granted there are there are a lot of uh issues that people still have with it <laughs> for, for mm-hmm. good reason however yeah for sure. they probably never would have included the uh scene in the beginning with the racist experience and done it well without her input mm-hmm. No white guy is going to be able to understand that. And um, this really just hammers home that everybody in this business who has strings to pull, they're just in it for themselves. Yeah. Like we've been fucking saying. (laughs) All along. Oh my God. Um, Which is why media rep is not something that you want to put all your, your eggs in that basket, you know? But I think it's like the easiest one, like the easiest basket to put all your eggs in because you literally do nothing and just consume media and just think, hey, look, I'm doing something. I'm watching this movie, guys. Like, it's like you don't have to do shit and you just have this illusion or this facade, you know, of things being different. But again, if you look at the patterns of, you know, in the last decade or two, like, yeah, you've got an Asian movie, but, or an Asian lead, 
or like the fame, like one of the most famous like actors in the world, Jackie Chan, and blah blah. blah. And what has really changed? You know, nothing. You just get tokenized, or again, like you've mentioned, people are just in it for themselves. They just want the money, and that's it. It's not really changing shit. And a good thing to remember, everybody, is that you know once this stuff seeps into entertainment, that's kind of like the final indicator that something is wrong. Like there's plenty of terrible things going on that aren't related to entertainment, and by the time that it leaks into this industry and is visible, something's really, really wrong. It's like you know if you see one cockroach in your house, there's like a thousand. like by the time you see it you got a problem uh so as a segue (laughs) speaking of problems in real life uh yes it is 2019 and yes yellow peril is still alive and well uh something we did want to mention is the alaskan airlines incident so what happened This happened at a New Jersey airport. Uh, I think it was Newark, New Jersey. And some random staff member, who I assume was a white woman, they did not mention race in the articles that I was reading, but you've got to infer that from the kinds of questions that she was asking. Uh, Two random Asian guys who did not know each other, she assumed that they did, and she kept asking him really invasive questions as though she was like some vigilante ice officer or some shit like oh how much did they pay you to get a visa blah 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 or you know things like are you actually a citizen are you here legally you look nervous do you know that guy blah 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 blah. um what the fuck yeah i mean one of the men was like yes i'm nervous because i don't want to be late for my flight like a normal person says. Um, And then eventually there were some sirens and there was an evacuation. Uh, This lady was like, I'm on to you. The police have already been called. And she apparently called called in a false report of an active shooter at the fucking airport. Uh, She she needs to get arrested. What the fuck? And she works there. Don't do that. She fucking works there. They're saying that they're looking into the incident, but obviously, I think if you call in a false report, you should not still be working at a fucking airport. They evacuated the planes and. Oh my God. It was a mess. What the fuck? Yeah. What? America. (laughs) <laughs> oh my uh, these guys need to sue somebody somebody needs to get sued okay doesn't even have to be her because like they're obviously not firing the bitch so they obviously like in some way stand behind her you know so yeah but it, i mean if you needed any more evidence of like the real consequences of yellow peril rhetoric and politics, uh, especially all the anti-China stuff that's going on right now with the trade war and, you know, China is evil. That stuff trickles down. And uh, I don't travel very often, but I know that nobody sees me 
as anything other than like your most visible Asian ethnic group. So that same shit could very easily happen to me. Doesn't doesn't matter. I'm a citizen and I have my passport here. I mean, even ICE right now uh, currently has the authority to detain anybody who they think is an illegal immigrant slash an undocumented immigrant. Like they don't, uh, theoretically you could have your papers on you and they could say, oh, these are fake and still throw you in detention. And the, the onus is on you to defend yourself. And like, there's no way to con, like you don't get a phone call when you're in there. So you have to rely on your family or your friends to figure out that you're gone. First of all, that you have disappeared. And two, that you have been detained by ICE so that they can get whatever you need, like get a lawyer to defend you. Uh, That literally happened that this man had all of his documents and ICE was like, oh, those look fake. And they took him in anyway. So uh, let's not pretend that we're all safe. And uh, the consequences of this kind of stuff are a lot more serious than you might think, you know. Uh, this is no, an- but actually, you need to overcome the stereotypes. Don't let it bother you. Oh my god! See, this is this is like the biggest <laughs> indicator. Who the people who say that are the people who don't have to deal with this shit right on a daily basis because they don't realize how bad it is. They they aren't threatened by any of the stuff that's going on personally. It's like I'm different. <laughs> You know, like saying, I'm different. I'm not like those other Asians who who experience things that are terrible because, you know, I can get out of it. Right. And this is why it's really important to not be that person. Uh, I, I just keep thinking about what community actually means, which is something that I thought about a lot, especially in the context of like. Uh, activism in general, uh, community means that we are able to trust each other, that we have each other's back. Like we can show each other that we have each other's back. And um, I think that's what we need a lot of right now as a general Asian community in the political sense, right? So when things like this happen, don't be that person who's, who's like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Or, you know, we don't have to impose consequences for racism. It's important that you do. It's important that we all do, right? Whatever your personal feelings are about, you know, maybe this person shouldn't be fired, but yeah, there should be consequences. You got to go for the consequences because that's the only thing that has proven effective throughout the course of human history. And people don't get anywhere really by being nice. Uh, You might want to point to MLK if you disagree with me, but if you actually look at the non-whitewashed version of of his legacy, you would find that that's not the case. He actually, you know, he carried firearms. Um, He was... He doesn't... He's not the same person that you think he is if the only version of history you've read is the one that white people in power have given to you uh so like don't be afraid to be that person who speaks out you know 
it can be difficult, but it's important. Um, speaking of speaking out, uh, if you might recall from a few years ago, the Brock Turner case, uh, which was especially horrific uh, and really great example of white male privilege in any white supremacist country. Uh, this guy was a student and he was a star swimmer and at a party he decided to, uh, sorry, warning, graphic content. Uh, rape a unconscious woman who was like blackout uh, drunk. She'd been drinking at a party behind a dumpster and uh, she's basically found by two other students who were horrified and got him off her, but obviously not before he had uh, committed this terrible act. And uh, this drew a lot of outrage across the country because not because of how not just because of how terrible it is but because uh in court the judge only sentenced him to six months for a rape and uh he eventually only had to serve three of it three months and that was terrible um fortunately the judge involved in that case was voted out uh, unfortunately, he's going to now be like a sports coach for some high school kids. He really should not be around children, honestly. Uh, oh, no. He's going to be like, oh, he has a bright future as a tennis player. You shouldn't go after him because he's done some shady shit. Like, why would you want this motherfucker near your kids? Like, he, yeah, you wouldn't trust a guy. Like, who would hire him? You have to know. What kind of school hired him? What the hell? He's like, they would have to ask him, like, you know, his credentials, his, like, what he did in the past, his job, you know, experience. He'd be like, yeah, it was that judge that kind of sentenced this rapist to, like, basically three months. Like, what the fuck? You know, white guys can get away with everything, apparently. Um, you know what's really frustrating? And, this this the, is the, the justice is, like, system. The, well, I heard with the case, uh, like, from what I remember vaguely, is was like Brock Turner was not even like a star swimmer. He had like dropped out at that point. He wasn't actively swimming anymore. But then they used this whole excuse about how he's just, he's going to be this Olympic champion or some bullshit like that. And like, I, I remember like the school saying like, uh, he's not... He's not really swimming right now. What the fuck are you talking about? Wow. I missed that part in the uh, really? in the case. That he he wasn't know. even like, they just hyped that shit up. Yeah, yeah they <laughs> just hyped him up because it was, it was like a nepotism at the core of it. Because like, you know, his father, oh my God, I remember reading that letter that his father wrote, like something about like having 10 seconds of action, quote unquote. Is what the father wrote. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. like, what, what the fuck? No wonder this guy is trash. His father is like a demonic piece of shit. <laughs> it runs in the family. Like, and, it was just fucking gross. And the justice system, apparently, because the judge agreed. Uh, well, no clearer illustration of white male privilege than in that trial and how everything went down. 
and yeah even like the white people online were look like looking at this case like what the fuck this doesn't make any sense but now that like uh, the identity of you know the survivor came out it's like now it's starting to actually make sense yeah for a lot of us because guess what she's an asian woman uh suddenly less of a surprise i feel like had it been say a white woman at the center of this things maybe would not have gone down the same way that they did because not only was there white male privilege on their side but you know this was against an asian woman and this really illustrates the value of what it means to be an asian woman compared to what it means to be a white man in american society but really, you can extrapolate that to any of the five eyes, anywhere that it's a white supremacist society. Um, so because the justice system failed her, she decided to come out. Uh, her name is Chanel Miller. Uh, she does look like she's a mixed Asian. And um, she has a tell-all book. She's been doing some interviews. And... Uh, she felt that it was important to share her story because how else are we going to try to fix these problems? Clearly, there's a big one. Um, and it's really difficult, I think, not just as a minority, but like specifically as an Asian woman, to have faith in the justice system if this is how we're treated at the end of the day. I mean, there's no clearer statement that you are not safe and you will, justice will not be upheld than the outcome of this case. And uh, this is very relevant because especially in the last video series that Sun's been working on, uh, and I think the current one that you're also, you've also got in the works, it's because of sexual imperialism that this is allowed to happen because of that well, history. Yeah, you just keep seeing, I just keep seeing all this, like, essentially the same shit happening over and over again. It's just, it's like, what can we do? And I think this is a clear case of, like, you can't trust any justice system to uphold justice. You have to be the justice. Like, I am justice, basically, you know? Basically. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's, I mean, that's the point of activism. To pick up where the justice system fails. And like, I know there are a lot of people who have faith in, like, you know, the truth will prevail, justice will prevail, whatever. Those are, those are really empty when we see things like this. Like, yeah, you... It's like, oh yeah, justice will prevail, and you know how we'll have to like fucking fight tooth and nail for it. We have to go, I don't know, do some shit. We can't just sit here and like. I feel like with this case, like people were like outraged for like a minute, and then they just got over it. Like with most th things, because mm. I feel like people are so just apathetic about everything. They just see this bit of bad news, and then you know the news cycle restarts every like week or month or whatever. I think another part of it too is is that a lot of people are desensitized. I mean, even before we knew 
that the victim was an Asian woman, uh, it's not uncommon for women who are victims of sexual assault to be treated similarly. I mean, I, I'm not sure that six months reduced to three months is a common thing. It doesn't seem like a standard sentencing routine, but there have been many cases in which, uh, like, you know, women are penalized more than the men who harm them in these cases. And so this is, this is a cultural problem. It's a social problem. And uh, it's just really extreme in this case because he's an Asian woman and he's a white guy. And I think it's like, like we have to give like Chanel Miller so much props because it takes so much courage and like the amount of emotional labor that she had to do to get to this point and also, you know, having that will to share her story. And it's, it's not her job to like, you know, do all this shit just so people can be like, just to wake up to the reality of, hey, this isn't right, mm-hmm. but she feels that she has this like greater obligation, not just to herself, but you know, to other women too, to to raise awareness and be like, hey, this this happened to me, and this could easily happen to you. Uh, and she didn't have to go out. Like I just feel like she has to come out. It's just so laborious, and I just feel bad that she has to do this. Yeah, it's it's all. rough because like you you know that every time you talk about it because people are going to ask you details every time you go to an interview and it's not just like writing the book but every time somebody talks to you about what happened you have to basically relive that experience and granted she was not conscious uh for the act but like the aftermath of realizing this is what happened to me this is what my body felt like and what happened to my body and this is how it was treated afterwards like that's that's some shit right yeah it's i don't know uh yeah it must have been so painful uh i i just and i'm not sure what specific intentions um chanel miller has i know that um amanda nguyen the founder of the organization rise uh for victims of sexual assault actually used her case to lobby to have a lot changed because she was uh, sexually assaulted when she was in college. And um, I believe her, her rape uh, kit had expired or something and it wasn't allowed to be used as evidence. I don't recall. I'm sorry, please correct me if, if I'm wrong here. But uh, she did have legislation changed in order to make it easier to use older rape kits as evidence in court because uh, sometimes the the length of time between when an incident happens and like when it finally gets to court is incredibly long because of bureaucracy. So there's a lot of different steps to take. You have to, you know, you have to file the report. Um, You have to go ahead and press charges, get a lawyer. uh, And by the time that case is lined, lined up and ready to go, you could be waiting like, you know, at least two years, (laughs) depending on the significance. Um, That's kind of why, when you hear about something happening in the news, you don't really hear about it going to court until a year or two or even more later. Mm-hmm. Uh, so. Yeah. I think that's like, like fundamentally what like is the worst thing about these things is like you hear about it happening and then like people don't really follow up on 
what actually the verdict is or the court case or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. And I think that's something that we as a community have to be more vigilant about is like when shit like this happens, we actually follow up on it, you mm-hmm. know. We don't forget about it, be like, oh, this isn't a surprise. Oh, the whiteies, they're so evil, and then just move on. Like that's not that's not holding anything accountable or anybody accountable. That's just another form of complacency is just saying, oh, that's that's just the way it is in the colony and then just moving on. Like that's not that's not activism. Yeah. And I mean something that I want to say before we move on is that had it been known that she was an Asian woman, I feel like this case would have been very easily swept under the rug. Uh, the fact that she remained anonymous as a Jane Doe and, and made that statement, I feel like she would not have gotten the same amount of attention had she revealed who she was. I just, that's my hunch. Mm-hmm. Just because it's a lot more significant when you think that it could be coming from a white woman, unfortunately. <laughs> Uh, than if it was just an Asian student. And, and, you know, she wasn't even a student there. She was visiting her sister. Um, uh, so this shit can happen to you even when you're not in college. And, you know, th- there's a lot that people can say that you probably shouldn't have been doing X, Y, Z. But at the end of the day, if that man had not decided to rape her, then we wouldn't have had this problem. End of story. Um, same thing with uh, Ying Zhang. So the, the latest news on her, if you've been following this case, um, I remember when it first came out that she was a Chinese exchange student who was studying environmental uh, sciences in the States. Um, and a lot of things that, that I said at the time, which are probably not currently on Twitter, because this was pre-Twitter, that we were first having discussions about this. Uh, she came here because the program that she wanted to, uh, I think, teach for in China actually requires that you study abroad for a certain number of years. And so that's why there are so many exchange students. Uh, uh, unfortunately. A lot of uh, exchange students can be really naive about what it's like in America and how it's not actually safe. Um, Looking at this place with rose-colored glasses because of global white supremacy and that that cultural export is, is actually enough to lull people into a false sense of security while they're here. Um, Something that we also found out in the prosecution of this case recently is that the guy who was responsible for uh, her kidnap, assault, and uh, murder, I am assuming, they haven't found a body and he's not talking about it, he posed as an undercover police officer. So it isn't actually like she got into a random person's car. Um, He said he was an officer and she actually believed him. so it's, re- it's really important to educate the people you know that, like, you don't have to go with somebody who tells you they're an officer. You can actually demand um, an, an ID, a badge number. Uh, 
you have rights, you know? Yeah, you, like, you have to be like, why are you taking, apprehending me, you know? Yeah. They can't just fucking take you for no reason, for one. And I, I feel like this is not as talked about in Asian communities because mm-hmm. there's this assumption that, you know, white people are good and then the cops are good too. But obviously that's not the case if you keep reading up on the news. I mean, uh, uh, the justice system, one, is not in our favor as we have established. Two, uh, there are plenty of times when the police has uh, actually murdered Asian people, uh, uh, if you remember Tommy Lay shot in the back for holding a pen, I mean, that wasn't very long ago. This stuff still happens, and it's really important for us to know our rights and know how to deal with the police and how to be careful. Yeah, um, I would advise, like, it doesn't matter where you're from, just look up your local laws and what the police can and can't do. Mm-hmm. Cause you'd be you'd be surprised at certain laws that you just have to be very um, aware of. Like I know where I'm from, like um, the police can stop you as a pedestrian if they if they think you're going towards your car to get you a breath test. But like there's there's like a lot of like basic things that you should know. Mm-hmm. Like um, I don't know. This obviously doesn't go for every country, but that you don't have to answer questions about anything. Other than, like, you know, the bare minimum, mm-hmm. you know, like your ID and stuff. You don't have to tell them where you're going. You don't have to tell them shit, really, you know. So be aware of that and, like, be smart. Go on YouTube, watch some some videos about it. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, that, that'll Just probably Just be help. informed. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, like, stay safe because, uh, unfortunately... Uh, no amount of sentencing is going to bring back Ying Zhang to her family and to her uh, boyfriend. Um, Brent Christensen, the man who's responsible for this, was found guilty. Uh, he was sentenced to life in prison and avoided the death penalty. Uh, I'm sure a lot of people feel like he probably should have gotten the death penalty. I'm not sure if this was like a state thing where they avoid this. But, uh, yeah, it kind of doesn't feel right that he's now going to live the rest of his days on the uh, state dime. And we don't, well, I don't know, bodies will never be yeah. found as of yet. Um, I just, I just want to mention that I did read an article on, like, this guy, like, confessing in the matter in how he how he murdered her and it's just so it's really horrific it i can't even begin to describe because it's it's really triggering like yeah like as an as an asian woman reading that like especially if you've been a victim of assault before like that's it's really um disturbing yeah i wouldn't advise reading it if you can't stomach that type of thing like but if you if you feel like you you that you have to know then then please like just brace yourself i guess if you if you come across it um but yeah it 
because like this the thing I'm working on has a lot to do with I mean uh I guess a spoiler but how how women in Asian women in media are like specifically sexualized and then brutalized in a way so their bodies are just kind of like objects Mm -hmm. to like screw around with and then dispose of and it isn't too different from how Asian women are treated in reality. So that's the connection I'm bringing. And I kind of hate to like use media as kind of the springboard for this, but it seems like it's the only thing people give a shit about nowadays yeah, is media, yeah, yeah. media. So I, I kind of, so, so if you're going to be like, wait, you about media for? And it's like, this is how... I'm going to broach the topic because people don't give a shit about real life or if you bring about, if you bring up stuff like this in a conversation, people just don't want to talk about it. They're like, oh, it's too dark. It's like, yeah, but this happened to somebody and this could happen to any of us or your your friends and family, you know? It's our reality. So so it's, it's why I'm saying that if you can't stomach it, I would say read it and just I know it's like depressing and stuff but we have to know about these things because we need a reality check really like the whole community does yeah I mean we're we're kind of like used to talking about this stuff all the time but uh even when I read it which was I didn't intend to see it I just kept reading uh, mm-hmm. It really bothered me for a while, like maybe a couple mm-hmm. couple of days, just because of how uh, how cold it was. You know, there. This is a person who had no remorse and who actually took joy in what he did. And uh, it's even more disturbing. I'm not sure if this is true or not. He did mention that she was the 13th victim, so there could be a ton of bodies or no bodies that we we don't know about. You know. Um, so in a sense, it's, it's good that Ying Zhang was the one person who, uh, got things to stick with him because it stopped him from killing more women. And, um, for that, we are thankful that she was able to do that, even though she lost her life. Um, not to end on a depressing note, but, uh, yeah, a lot of shit went down. In, in the time that we were away and we just wanted to touch base with all of these different things because they were important to us um if we missed anything that you think was was interesting do leave them in the comments or send them to us uh can't guarantee that we're going to talk about them because we are basically planning to do uh if we can one of these a month is this is really long like th- we're almost going an hour here but we really wanted to to talk about this and and do these topic service. Um, something I also want to announce. Uh, something that I sort of helped with. Uh, if you're familiar with Diana Lou from Plan A, uh, she's been really supportive of us, and uh, she has an article coming out in Hyphen. And I, I looked it over for her at some point and, and, and helped with that. It's going to be good, guys. Like, this is something that I would want to publish. So uh, keep your eyes 
peeled for that and we'll plug that as well when it does come out um did you want to plug your video series because i know you you did mention that you were almost done uh, uh i wrote the script ages ago i even finished recording it and then the work started and i've been fucking tired and lazy <laughs> so i'm working on it right now it's just taking ages because I'm slow, so, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where it's, like, it's not the great, it's not a fun topic, like, you know how a lot of YouTubers, they're doing topics about, like, oh, this film I really like, and all of that, and then this is, like, oh, this is yeah. not fun to do, but I feel like it's necessary, especially now, since there's just so much... It's just so much shit going on. I feel like it is very relevant. Yeah, it's very important to contextualize everything that's going on, especially for people who don't necessarily realize that things are connected in this way. And uh, I, th I really do think that the video format is super helpful because people can engage with it in a way that, you know, just listening to us talk, it's, it's not the same. Or reading an article, it's not the same. And it, mm -hmm. it, it, the thing is, it just takes a lot of work. And uh, thank you, Sen, for doing all of this shit, because you're basically doing everything yourself. Because uh, you have the skills to do it. Or Yeah, <laughs> like, well, these skills, right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can put that on your resume one day. Ah. Uh. I don't really know, like, if I work at some institution, I'm like, yeah, fuck white supremacy. That's totally going to get me a job. Uh. Uh, we can only hope. Um, so thanks for joining us for this hour-long podcast, uh, and we'll see you next month. I'm not sure how active uh, I will be on Twitter. I'm definitely still dealing with a lot of stuff right now, so I'm not going to be like I was before, but I, I will try to promote this. And, you know, if you have comments, I can do my best to answer them when I can as well. Um, I think same with Sen, because you haven't been as active as you were before. Well, yeah, I I did try and go on Twitter because I... I really hate the idea of just not knowing what the fuck's going on in the world. Yeah. I know some people are just, like, perfectly happy just doing a nine-to-five, going home, not giving a shit about anything, but that's not me. So I try to go online. I just haven't been able to, like, directly engage or comment on everything because, like, half the time I'm trying to catch up. So, yeah. Yeah, so we'll we'll do our best. Uh but we're we're glad that those of you are who are listening right now have been listening through and are still with us on this crazy journey uh, so we hope to see you around so we'll catch you next time uh have a good rest of your month and um see you bye bye